With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On board with this aircraft, there are six emergency exits. Hello, everybody. This is Ron, your captain speaking. We are currently 30,000 feet in the air, and we haven't even left the airport. We just lit the joint. <laughs> just kidding, a little, little pilot humor there. We like to have fun. Our destination today is Casablanca, Morocco. So everyone, sit back, fasten your seatbelts, and prepare for takeoff. We will be arriving in six hours. Seven footers, gang. How are we doing? 2022, our first episode of the new year. Gerard, how are you over there, honey? In crisp winter white. <laughs> you know, I'm doing my thing. Happy new year to you. Uh, of course, I already checked in on you on your new year's to see what you were getting up to. Because you're the best. Uh, you know, uh, I'm good. Like 2022 is here. It feels like a continuation of 2021. Let's just be honest about that. Um, and I feel like as you get older, like, I don't know, the new year has a, it's not that it's not less significance. It just, it just feels like another day. Right? Like, I agree. I agree. I normally don't want to leave my house in the winter. And now I really don't want to leave my house because of a global pandemic that seems never ending. Uh, so. Yes, we, we we are past the pandemic stage. We're now in an endemic, right? This is just, yeah. this is our life now. We just live with COVID. So that is true. That is true. And speaking of living with COVID, it is still impacting the association along with every other league. Uh, but you guys know this is an NBA podcast, so let's stay in the game, kids, and let's kick things off with Kyrie Irving. And Clay Thompson both returning. Let's break these down one at a time. We'll stay in Brooklyn first and talk about Kyrie because after 35 games into the season, he's going to make his return Wednesday at Indiana against the Pacers. And it's a two-game trip on Friday. So as you guys know, he can go to and play home, uh, away games, but not home games right now because of the mandate in New York City. So Talk to me about this, Gerard. Uh, again, if you guys are new listeners, 2022, thanks for joining us. Gerard is a beat reporter for <laughs> the Nets. So we go to him for all of our inside the association news about Brooklyn. So talk to me about this. Uh, look, the, the Nets the Nets players are happy that he's back. Um, you know, anytime you can add a 50, 40, 90 all-NBA caliber talent to your team, that <sighs> is a good thing, right? Um, the Nets are currently mired in their longest losing streak of the season at three games. And, you know, they have some concerning signs um, on the basketball floor right now with how they're playing. Um, but those concerning signs are on the defensive side of the ball, which was their identity when they were playing well to jump out to lead the Eastern Conference, a top 10 defense. It is still top 10. But those these last three games, they've just looked terrible on that end of the floor, disinterested, not giving the requisite effort. And, you know, Kyrie Irving is a lot of things. Defensive stopper, he is not. So... I don't know what, you know, okay, you bring him back and he and James Harden and Kevin Durant go back to their historic offensive ways and the best offense in the creation of basketball. Cool. That's awesome. But defensively, which is what Steve Nash has been preaching since day one and all season, he's like, we are a defensive team. So we have to be better on that side of the floor. So I don't know how Kyrie helps that end. Now, to be fair, he played very good defense last year. Probably best defense uh, of the season. Um, and you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how that works out, but I know the guys are happy to have him back. I know he's happy to be back, uh, playing, playing the game that he loves. And it'll be interesting to see again, how this works. Because remember, as you said, Jenna, only road games right now, he's only, he's only eligible to play in 22 of the team's remaining games this season. Uh, and that's just the road games. And that does not include the two road games up against the Knicks because he can't play in New York and he cannot mm -hmm. play in Toronto as well because of their status on unvaccinated players. So 
mm-hmm. know, and that's a whole other issue come playoff time, but we'll get to that when April rolls around. Yeah, Kyrie's return. He's going to be able to play the next 12 of the Nets' 18 games. So that should be interesting because they're riding a three-game losing streak right now. So James Harden called his return, hopefully some sort of spark, which they do need. But like you said, defensive, he's not as strong as he is, of course, on the offensive end. And they have enough offensive players. So it's going to be interesting to see. And I'm so, so curious. I don't care how you sugarcoat it, paint it blah, 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 in the pressers. I want to know how the chemistry is in the locker room. I really do. Have you heard anything in terms of that? Because, I mean, somebody, you got to have one salty egg in there out of anybody. And I'm not saying I'm sniffing out drama because I'm not about it. Because I'm I'm just exhausted at this point. The damn Omicron, freaking whatever, Delta, whatever. Omarion out here wilding in these streets. Oh, my God. The poor man had to come out and tweet that he wasn't the damn variant. I mean, Jesus. It's getting crazy out here. I mean, people are getting it's getting wild out in these streets. Um, but, yeah, no. The, yeah. The, the, the players are all saying the right thing, Jenna, right? They're all super excited to have him back. Of course, that's, that's the public face. Nothing I've heard internally suggests otherwise. But... I will say this, the return of Kyrie Irving does mean, especially for for road games, younger players who were getting a chance to play, well, I mean, you ain't getting them minutes, right? Because Kyrie's going to get his 30-something minutes a game. There are only 48 minutes of basketball game to go around, right? So, I mean, right? So, I mean, everybody can't play. So, it'll be interesting to see. And I think Steve has a dilemma because the young guys, when they're on the floor, they provide a level of energy and spark and they have young legs your david dukes cam thomas's bruce brown's dayron sharp um kessler edwards these type of guys right yeah they're not household names and they're rookies and they make a ton of mistakes because that's what young players do but they have live legs and you need that in an 82 game nba season Kyrie. And James and Kevin, yo, these are grizzled old veterans, all right? And you can see it sometimes on the floor. I'm like, yeah, they're not really closing out hard on that rotation. Why? Because they, you know, for them, it's April. We got to get to April. Yeah, but if you lose a bunch of games on the way, that ain't good, right? So I think playing these young guys, also, Jenna, as you know, you find some hidden gold, right? Because then come postseason, oh, we can give this kid five, six minutes, and he won't kill us on the floor, right? We can maintain what we're doing. So mm-hmm. I think, you know, Steve's going to have to work in some of those young guys uh, regardless. So it'll be interesting. So I know those guys are definitely looking at, oh, man, what's going to happen to our minutes? Right. And what a lot of people aren't talking about or focusing on so much is Steve Nash. First year head coach here. Second year. Second year. Yeah. Or second mm-hmm. year. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Sophomore. But still dealing with a superstar in Kevin Durant. And you have – you throw James Harden into the mix. And now the – situation we'll call it with Kyrie Irving it's a real testament to see how he handles this in you know as we head into per se the latter half of the season um especially against the Golden State Warriors who everybody is keeping all eyes on right now especially with the return of Clay Thompson so before we get to Clay though tell me what are what can fans or what are you expecting from Kyrie's return because you know how people are. They expect an immediate bounce back. Here we go. We're right at three-game losing streak. So right, let's slow right. it down here. I mean, John Morant just came in on Barclays' floor and pretty much embarrassed people, posturized oh, a couple yeah. people, you know. No doubt. So, young legs, man. This is an 82-game season. Young legs matter. Look, I expect Kyrie to ultimately be an all-NBA caliber player because that's what he is. Um, do I expect that on day one is going to drop 35? I don't expect it. But if it happens, I'm going to be surprised. No, right? Because he's that good, right? That, that's how good this man is at basketball. I've said this before numerous times. He may, I mean, not maybe, he is one of the most skilled players to ever play the game of basketball. And that is not hyperbole. That is not like, just look at what this man can do on the floor <laughs> at his size. He is one of the most skilled players to ever play this game. Now, Playing an NBA game is very different than running up and down in practice, playing pickup in West Orange Middle School gyms, right? Like, that's different. So we'll see. Give him give him some time to get his legs up under him and get the connection back with his guys. But I think offensively, I think they'll be fine with the three of them on the floor like they were last year because James will immediately revert to his, okay, I'm the point guard. Let's set everybody up roll. Katie and Kyrie the primary scores, and I'll score when necessary, right? And that's what had them as such a historic offense last year. So I expect to see that on the road. Now, the challenge, of course, is, again, Jen, as you said, 
He can only play road games. So let's say that, you know, Wednesday, he plays well against Indiana. He's not going to get on the floor with the guys again until sometime the week after, right? Like, so it's going to have this hiccup and interruption in the flow of him getting with this team. But listen, Sean Marks, GM and Steve Nash, they, they knew that. They, brought, they knew that that was going to happen when they brought him back. Steve has the right temperament to manage this. So I think that'll be fine. More importantly, again, as I said earlier, the Nets' concern is on the defensive side of the floor. They've got to get back to where the, the way they were playing all season long before this three-game losing streak when they had a top six defense in the league, right? Like, they need to get back to that. If they do that, they'll be fine. Uh, real quick, thoughts on James Harden? Just a uh, quick assessment because before – the new year, we did speak about how he was in a slump of sorts too, mm-hmm. trying to find himself there. Mm-hmm. Has there been improvement in your oh, opinion? Yeah. You, you can see it now. I mean, he he is just looking way better. You can almost look at it like the beginning of the season for him was uh, summertime, you know, like working his way into shape, playing pickup, uh, training camp. And then right around, right before Christmas, he started kind of getting back into a groove. He's looking good again. Um, he's got that explosion, that burst going to the hole. And having Kyrie on the floor, that adds another shooter and that adds more space. So when Harden attacks, you can, again, you know, I always say this, right? If, if you have a driver on the nets and you have Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, when Joe Harris gets back, Joe Harris on the floor, you ain't collapsing off any of those guys, right? So that means a wide open lane. Or if the big man comes to the, who's covering Claxton or whoever comes to double, well, now Claxton's wide open at the rim for a dunk, right? So I think those things will start happening and we'll see more of that, but Harden's looking good. You can see the burst and he's, He's looking a little lighter too. You know, he's, he's looking good. Love to hear it. Love to hear <laughs> it. <laughs> I can't. Okay. Uh, speaking of returns, let's stay, let's stay on the topic because Clay Thompson, I mean, the Warriors are already the best in the West, but why not add Clay Thompson back to the mm. mix after two years off for significant injuries in an Achilles and a torn ACL, but they are targeting, I say they as in the Warriors are targeting a return for him Sunday against the Cavaliers after they're on a two-game road trip, which he will travel with the team for. But mm-hmm. that's the return they're targeting, barring setbacks and things of that nature. But we've seen it on social media. We've seen Clay hyping it up, especially after the 75-list snub. He's excited to return. He looks good. And, of course, we all say that about our own warm-up tapes. But <laughs> talk to me about the Warriors. What is going on here? Because I think the league is in trouble when Clay Thompson returns. And I mean on both ends of the floor. Uh-huh. We need to remember who Clay Thompson is. Yeah, look, the, the rich get richer, Jenna, right? Like, the, the Warriors are already Touché. the best. They're already the best team in the NBA. Uh Number one in adjusted net rating, right? Number one in adjusted defensive rating. Number four in adjusted offensive rating. Like, and you're adding Clay Thompson to that. Like, okay. Like, good, Sounds good. Good luck, rest of the NBA, right? I mean, they they are they're already you know the best team in the West, best team in the league record wise, and I see them coming away with the number one seed by the end of the season. It allows Clay to work his way into shape and get his window. Steve Kerr said. They'll start off with 18 minutes and then, you know, they'll work from there to see how he is managing um, his, 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 uh, his cardiovascular, his basketball wind and all that. And they'll move from there. They're in no rush because they're already the best team in the league without him. And so now Jenna, that moves Jordan Poole, who's been playing excellent as a starter to the bench unit now. And now it's like, holy hell, imagine this Jenna, when the Warriors go small, they can throw out a lineup of Steph Curry. Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green. Uh, that is a problem for a lot of teams, okay? Because you're going to have the obviously the shooting threats of Steph, Clay, um, Jordan Poole. Oh, and let's not forget Andrew Wiggins having his best year shooting th- shooting shooting from three as well, right? Like, so you got s- space everywhere. That high pick and roll with Draymond and Steph. Defenses overreact, right? They jump out and blitz Steph. Uh Uh-oh, look out behind you now. Now it's four on three downhill with Draymond. And again, who are you helping off of? You're not leaving Clay alone, right? You're not leaving Jordan (laughs) Poole alone. I guess I'll leave Andrew Wiggins alone. Hmm, Okay. I mean, I guess that's a percentage you'll play, right? But he's he's hitting, right? So, or if they decide that we don't want to put Andrew on, they could put Andre Godal on that spot. Listen, Andre Godal hits clutch threes. We've seen him do it on the biggest Uh stages. So it's pick your poison, right? And it's going to be problematic for a lot of teams. Now, 
to be fair, we know that Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Iggy, they've done it on the biggest stages. We've seen it. They are three-time champions. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins do it when the lights are the brightest. And, you know, listen, say whatever you want. But when the double team comes and you got to throw that hook pass to the opposite corner, it feels different on a January mm-hmm. against Utah than it will in April or May against Phoenix, right? When you're down uh-huh. three games to two or it's 2-2 two, two, and it's the fourth quarter, right? It's it's going to feel different, right? And those oh, guys yeah. have not done it yet. So I'm, I'm not saying they can't. We just haven't seen it. We'll see what happens come postseason. No, very true. Um, listen to this really quick. I just spotted this and I it, it blew my mind. You know me. I love a good, good <laughs> stat. Um, I can't even take credit for it. NBC Sports pointed out that Wiggins and um, Clay, they have yet to play in a game together despite Wiggins joining the team in February of 2020. That's mm-hmm. nearly two years. Mm-hmm. So that gives you a little perspective of how long Clay has been out for. I mm-hmm. mean, mm-hmm. I, ca- I just can't wait for the documentary. I mean, from the mental recovery to the physical recovery, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be great. I mean, it's going to be one of those returns that you always go- reference back to like PG-13 and, and he's, the injury. But yeah. And he's excited. I mean, he's excited to be back. And he is. this is this is a system that he knows, right? I mean, he knows what he's doing in the offense, right? He understands their um, their, their motion based offense and the split cuts and everything they have to do. And the other thing about Clay is that's so it's so important. And, and Wiggins said this because he when the when the Nuggets game got canceled, the Warriors were still in Denver, and it was like, well, I mean, what are we gonna do? They ended up having a, a light scrimmage, and Wiggins after the scrimmage said, "Yo, this guy's gonna open up so much from our offense because he doesn't dribble." Remember that about Clay, right? Clay isn't someone when you pass him the ball, it's dribble, dribble, dribble. Let yep. me get to my spot. No, no, no. It's catch, shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Like he famously scored 60 something points on like two dribbles, right? Like the man doesn't need to hold on to the ball, right? To do what he needs to do. That is such a huge opportunity because what does dribbling do for the defense, right? If someone is dribbling, that allows the defense to lock in and set and do what they have to do against the Warriors. Listen, once you are in rotate and scramble mode, you're done, right? Because you're chasing and it's too late. And again, no one is putting the ball on the ground and dribbling. It's just ping, 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 catch, shoot. And it's like, oh, all right, death, right? Literally, it's death. They, The Warriors have so much depth on that roster. And just moving pool to the second unit just makes it even more lethal to count on them throughout the entire game. And hey... Clay, we know, is a proven closer. So, I mean, rotate that as much as you want until he gets, you know, mm-hmm. back in fully and gets mm-hmm. to, mm-hmm. you know, when he's not on a minutes restriction per se. So, again, I'm excited for it. I mean, the Warriors could run away with this, but they have to worry about the East because I'm talking about the number one in the Eastern Conference Bulls. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh. I just <laughs> never thought we would be here. I really can't. 25 and 10 guys they are even smoking the nets per you know you could say that um but this is incredible and we're talking about demar Derozan playing at an mvp like level didn't think you'd hear that when he got traded and everybody said it was going to be a bust and that he was a bust yeah he remembers that too uh, a couple episodes ago we recapped it go listen but <laughs> Let's talk about DeMar DeRozan because right now he is the Bulls' leading scorer, no surprise there, and the NBA's fifth leading scorer, okay? They're on an eight-game winning streak. He is shooting 26.9% averaging and in scoring, and he's on fire. And I think it's a combination of the new culture that they're building in Chicago along with just he's surrounded with good assets as well too in Levine, Lonzo Ball, and they're it's a young team. They just mm-hmm. beat the Magic mm-hmm. the other night. Talk to me about the Bulls, number one in the East, man. Um, look when they put that roster together, right? I, you know me. I, I admit when I say I'm like, look, I was like, all right, you got Vooch and DeRozan and Lonzo. I'm like, all right, cool. You're gonna be a four seed, fifth seed in the East and losing the first round. Great, congratulations. Yeah, I'm not looking like that right now, <laughs> right? They're looking like they're going to secure one of the top three seeds. And shout outs to Billy Donovan. He's done a hell of a job. Um, and, and this, they're, 
their GM and front office situation way better than the Garpax era, right? The Garpax era was a disaster. But um, now, I mean, wow, like kudos. And kudos to Zach Levine too, Jenna. This is a contract here for Zach Levine. Yes, and it is. he can easily be like, no, 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 no. I need my touches because I got to get paid. But he's letting DeMar do his thing in these fourth quarters. DeMar is the NBA's leading fourth fourth quarter scorer, right? Mm-hmm. And he is shooting 56% from the field in the fourth quarter. And Jenna, it's on twos. He doesn't really shoot threes except for those two game winners he hit. He, his he, mid-range is he on point. Um, and he is playing some incredible basketball um again the bulls are legit they they look really really good they're defending well um they know demar can close you got levine lonzo and, and caruso are so good defensively and put so much pressure on the ball um look they're gonna be a problem and it's interesting you know i still think come playoff time they're a wing short of really doing what they need to do because when they got to play you know the bucks in a seven game series uh, uh the Pistons just beat them the other night so let's not get I mean, crazy well I mean <laughs> come on well, it's the regular season let's not lose our mind but you, you're gonna have a tough time with Middleton and Giannis right and playing playing a healthy Nets team you're gonna have a tough time with Kyrie Harden Durant like that you know that's that's a lot to deal with in a seven game series um so I still think they're about a wing short but look they get a top three seed they win around and then you know they get to the conference semis who knows right anything can happen uh, but the Bulls are playing well. And DeRozan, look, he has a narrative story kind of going for him right now. Right now, if you look at the MVP, right, if you have a, a ballot of five, your five players on that ballot in some order are Giannis, Jokic, Durant, Steph, and DeRozan, right? Those are the five guys that are MVP candidates right now in whatever order that you want to do. I don't care because it's kind of early. Um, but DeRozan's kind of got that narrative thing happening right now, right? He's hitting the game winners. He's the NBA's fourth quarter king right now. And Jenna, if they hold on and they get a number one or number two seed, it's a new story. The Bulls, DeMar DeRozan, right? And he continues this level of production. He's going to be right up there. Now, you know me. I love looking at the advanced stats because I'm like, well, what are my eyes actually telling me what's happening? Listen, top three players in the league right now in in estimated plus minus are Jokic, Curry, LeBron (laughs) with with Giannis uh, right behind and Durant not not too far behind them. DeRozan well behind those guys in estimated plus minus, right? And what is what does that matter? Well, estimated plus minus tells you when that player is on the floor, what is your team like, right? And those players teams are all better when he's on the floor in terms of a <laughs> points per 100 possessions. DeRozan's good. He's a plus 4.6 if I'm not mistaken, which is excellent. But I mean, Jokic is plus 9. I mean, like, right, like, so his impact on his team is so much more, right, than what than what DeRozan is. The other thing is, in the last 10 years, the winner of the person who led the league in win shares per 48, which calculates how much a player contributes to winning games, mm-hmm. the MVP has been number one in nine out of those 10 years. And the only year that the MVP was not number one was the year Russell Westbrook won. He was 10th. You know who was number one that year? Kevin Durant. But you guys ain't ready for that conversation, so we ain't going to go there. So point Ain't nobody being, ready for that conversation. Listen, I, I'm just letting you know. And as of right now, DeRozan's 20th in win shares for 48. So, you know, I'm just putting that out there. So not taking anything away from DeMar's season. Playing excellent. But if you're asking me, is he the MVP right now? No. Is he a candidate? Yes. Love the argument, Gerard. I wish I had the energy to fight it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, once I start pulling out my advanced stats, you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> uh-oh as soon as I trouble. heard the words, you know I love advanced stats. I was like, I'm a bow out. That's it. Let me pour this vino. Where's LeBron? Oh, we're going to get to you. We're going to get to your boy in a, in a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, answer this really quick for me before we move on to Sir King James. Is DeMar DeRozan, does he deserve to be in the MVP conversation right now? For sure. 100%. The Bulls are, again, the best record in the East. He is a big reason why. Again, if you you were to submit a ballot today and the season ended, he would be on, he should be on everybody's ballot somewhere in the top five. Um, And by the way, if he finishes 
top five in MVP voting, that's a hell of an accomplishment. I feel like the casual fan doesn't really understand. Like, Joey, very every year, about 450, this year a little bit more because of COVID, 500 change players play in the NBA. One person wins NBA uh, MVP. And if you looked over the past 10 years, a few people tend to dominate that award. Okay? So if you're able to finish in the top five, that is outstanding. That means you are a hell of a player. DeMar DeRozan definitely headed towards, he's going to start in the All-Star game for sure as one of the front court spots. And he's going to make one of the All-NBA teams. Again, providing this continues throughout the season. Heck yeah, we shall see. I mean, we have a ways to go. So that campaign is much longer. And things could turn around. That's what's so good about the NBA. This race could be completely different in a matter of weeks, honestly. Between slumps, COVID these days, um, unfortunate injuries, and things of that nature too. So we'll see. We'll keep an eye on DeMar uh, because we, we like what he's doing. So let's move on to King James. We told you guys we would get to it. We got to talk about it, though, because we know LeBron James is super uber talented, could play the one through five. But do we actually think the Lakers have put him at the five? Yeah, they have. He's going to be playing the five moving forward while Anthony Davis is out with that MCL uh, sprain, which will likely take him, what, through at least January, I'd say. Oh, yeah, yeah, but a couple months. I'm no doctor, which is why I'm here. So... <laughs> Anyway, LeBron James dropped 43 the other night at the five. So can you really argue it? But then again, I don't know when the last time I saw a center going 16 for 26 well, with the boards not, he was stacking up. Well, and let's not lose our minds. Nikola Jokic does that. Joel Embiid does that. Let's not lose our mind and act like LeBron is the. Here's, here's what the part about LeBron's great. Have they now. done it at age 37? <laughs> They ain't 37 yet. We'll see when they get to 37. Don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> here's, the, here's the beauty and the brilliance of, of LeBron. Positions don't matter when he's on the floor because he can do everything, right? Like, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, okay, you want me to run center? And actually, playing center actually helps him, right? Because he doesn't have to run around and switch out on smaller guards at the perimeter because, listen, at 37, he ain't that quick running out to the perimeter anymore, right? So it's a little bit easier for him to play that center position. And again, it doesn't matter that he's nominally the center because he's bringing the ball up. He's getting the team in the right sets. They got to run on offense. He's grabbing boards. He's dictating from the back line, doing everything he needs to do. He has been incredible over his last 10 games, Jenna. Averaging 32 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists on 54, 40, 77 shooting splits. And by the way, that 40% from three, that's on about eight threes a game. So it ain't like he's taking one or two. Like the three, remember I always say, right, when guarding LeBron, my thing was always, you got to give up something. I was always like, look, just give up the three because he, he gets that, that line drive you're, you, and he get that shoulder past you, you're not stopping yeah. him. Like you're, it's over. Well, he's not able to drive as well past people anymore. So somehow the three-point shot has gotten better and he's shooting well from deep. And so now it's like, ugh, you know. Come so on. Gonna, so now the new strategy is you got to creep up on him right and hope that he can't blow by you on the drive because he's hitting 40 percent on eight three-point attempts that is a large volume of three that's not like one or two so kudos to lebron the lakers however though you know and, and as a team yeah i mentioned he's third in estimated plus minus behind Jokic and steph curry which is yeah. phenomenal they're on off numbers for the lakers the last 10 games when lebron is on the floor the lakers are 0.6 positive 0.6 so that means when lebron's on the floor they are 0.6 points per 100 possessions better than the opponent it's not great but that's above average so it's like all right we, we're we're a positive when lebron's on the floor <clears throat> you want to guess what they are when lebron is off the floor per 100 possessions just take a guess it's, it's bad I negative 15.7 they are atrocious <sighs> when he's off the floor oh, come on man atrocious. damn it which means he damn near has to play every minute just so they can stay even. I'm and, sick of this. It's how it's always been. And on a team fair. with Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony. and <laughs> Tech sounds like an MVP to me. Yeah, it don't sound like an MVP to me, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> you know, this is where GM LeBron gets an F- minus on his report card, right? It's like, <laughs> it's like, yo, my dude, you the one who wanted Russell Westbrook. Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, all these old washed dudes. 
yo, man, I bet you'd be doing a lot better if you had Kyle Kuzma, Alex Caruso right now, and Contavious Caldwell-Pope. I'll tell you what, you'd, you'd be a hell of a lot better defensively. That's a fact. We know that. And you have guys who got young legs who can hit threes and who don't turn the ball over. <laughs> I mean, you know, this is the problem. And with no Anthony Davis, this is, it's rough. LeBron, LeBron bet on Anthony Davis to extend his career. And look, they already won a championship. So the bet already paid itself off. They won one, right? So let's not act like it was a disaster. But the <laughs> idea that with AD, they're going to win, like run off a couple. The Lakers aren't doing that. The Lakers are not winning a title this year as currently constructed. There is no chance. The Warriors will, the Warriors, the Suns, and the Jazz will destroy them. And I'll say this right now. In a seven-game series, as currently constructed, if they play the Grizzlies, I'm putting my money on the Memphis Grizzlies in seven games. That's the way this team plays right now. That's how poorly I think of them. And unless something changes, i.e., AD comes back and he turns into, oh, bubble AD. All right, cool. We're ready to rock. But until I see that, Jenna, I, I, look, they still have a Russell Westbrook problem, okay? And I know Russ said, I'm allowed to turn the ball over. I'm allowed to miss shots. Of course you are. Every player is allowed to. But, yo, my dude, you do it at an alarming rate, and it's not good for this squad, right? LeBron bought you here to help them out. You are hurting this team right now. A team with LeBron and Russell Westbrook should be better than this. Oh, that was like a crossover between like, like, like a principal and a dad <laughs> yelling at you that they're so disappointed <laughs> that you, you broke curfew or did something atrocious at an age where that is atrocious. Um, you also would get along very well with Charles Barkley right now, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, as much as a Lakers stand that I am a LeBron stand all the nine. I have the cereal boxes to prove it. Um, <laughs> but everything that you said couldn't have been more on point. Um, and I couldn't agree more. It's very unfortunate. And you're right. He did bet his the rest of his career, the ending per se. Uh, apparently my favorite word is per se today. Um, <laughs> on Anthony Davis. And you're right. Russell Westbrook is... Not playing up to potential. I don't even know what is going on there. But yeah, it's definitely an issue in LA there. And if LeBron needs to play every single game like he did when he dragged those garbage calves to the finals, uh, <laughs> then it's just, it's a wrap. Damn it, man. But at least those calves had a defensive identity though. Like they may not have had true. like true, true big name, whatever's on them, but you knew. That, what is this Lakers identity? What are they? Honestly, the funniest stuff that I was seeing too um, was it was like, uh, oh, it was a meme the other day. Um, not a meme, a video that the NBA posted or whatever. And it was Patrick Beverly and LeBron like talking, like, you know, doing a little, hanging out on the court, you know what they do. And then, you know, LeBron does the classic, like, you know, pulls the sweater up, mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. And then everybody was like, yo, Pat Bev to the Lakers tonight. <laughs> He's going to be there. I love it. The internet. That's why I love the internet. But it's so funny because you called him, you know, GM uh, LeBron. GM LeBron. And, F minus GM LeBron. And there was also another meme where it was like LeBron walking in the locker room after whatever game and the Lakers wondering if they're all traded and it's everybody like hiding. <laughs> He's like well, coming in. But Jenna, this is this is the this is one of the challenges though when you give player personnel power to a player. Mm -hmm. The thing mm -hmm. about players is as great as LeBron is, all the players like old guys, right? Because they know those old guys. Hey, these guys know what they're doing, they're proven. That's true, but they're old, okay? Mm -hmm. And their bodies cannot do what it once did. Yeah, young kids make mistakes, no doubt, but live legs matter. You need young legs. You just do. That's, you need that, right? Like, think about how well Phoenix played in the finals, or all season last year in the finals, and how important it was to have Cam Johnson and Mikel Bridges, right? They were so vital to that team. Young mm -hmm. legs. DeAndre Ayton, right? You need young legs, man. Like, you just do. I hear you. And so, yeah, they're going to make mistakes, but let them make the mistakes in the regular season so that come playoff time, they're ready. I mean, 
Just look at the Golden State Warriors right now. Jordan Poole, right? Young player. The Warriors were terrible the last two seasons. But Jordan Poole got to get better, right? No pressure. We're terrible. We're losing. All good. Now, when the games matter, oh, look who's hitting big shots and who's not afraid of the moment. Again, regular season, but still, right? They have the opportunity to work. Same thing I was saying about the Nets. Let Kessler Edwards, David Duke, Cam Thomas, let these young guys prove themselves. Yeah, you might lose some games in, in, as a result. They might, they're going to make mistakes. Let them. So that come postseason, when we're ready, you say, you know what? Man, you had 82 games to work all that out. You know now. Now you're ready, right? So they can give you 5, 10, 12-minute spot here and there so that when you have those off numbers where your stars are off the court, you don't crater to a negative 15.7 like the Lakers. You can maintain. As it stands right now, LeBron got to play 48 minutes a night. That's not sustainable. That's not, that's not a good look. All right. I get it. Fine. It's not going to work. It's fine. It's fine. I'm okay. Everything's going to be okay. I'm fine. It's only Tuesday. It's fine. I'm just going to soak in some wine. Um, yeah. I mean, the Lakers sound like they're in trouble. They still have time to obviously turn it around. And again, with the return of AD, hopefully soon off that MCL sprain, maybe they can have somewhat of a turnaround. Russell Westbrook can figure it out, hopefully. And God, I don't know. Figure what out? Figure how to shoot. I mean, I mean, what? Like, I mean, that's what Russell got. Russell got to figure oh, out how to shoot. My like, goodness. Oh my goodness. I mean, am I am I that speaking out of turn? Russ got to learn how to shoot. Like, no, I, you're I, just like extra funny lately. <laughs> I don't know, like, listen, what it is. 2022, new year, new me. No, 2022, same year, same me. <laughs> What's up? We out here. I mean, not really out here because it's scary. Out no, here, we're, we're, we are not out here. No, we are you know not out saying. here. You know what I'm saying? We, we out are here not outside. Opposite of outside. <laughs> Literally. I was like, we out here. And then I was like, wait, we're going to get arrested for that. Um, <laughs> can't do that. But let's move on. Not too far. We're staying in the West. Let's mm. talk about the third team in the West. And I'm talking about the Utah Jazz. For some reason, there's so many people that sleep on the Jazz just because, you know, it's like Milwaukee. Not a lot of people are traveling there. However, I always say this and I always will. Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. Go. <laughs> it's great. Love them. Really great. But anyway, sticking to the game here, let's talk about the Jazz because, first of all, let me just say this to you because I know that you you got your guys like Triple J and your youngins that mm -hmm, fly under mm -hmm, the radar, but they're mm -hmm. so good. I feel like that is the same way Donovan Mitchell is. He was just named Western Conference Player of the Month, first mm -hmm. time in his career. First Shout out time, to D. Mitch. Played well. Right? Played well. After, yeah. After leading the Jazz to a 10-2 and two record, again, top three team in the league above them, of course, the Suns and the Warriors. But we got to talk about D. Mitch and the Jazz because, again, people underestimate them, but... He has been on fire, and he's never been named to an All-NBA team. Richard Jefferson argued that on the broadcast. And another thing here, before he was named Western Conference Player of the Month, they had not had a member of the Jazz win that award. And again, it's nothing crazy, but it's still an accomplishment since November of 2010. Like, what's going on? Are the Jazz just trying to climb their way out of uh, an embarrassing hole for some hmm. reason? I don't get it. What the hell's I, going I, on? I, I think, Jenna, with the Jazz, for a lot of people – it's show me like, right? Like, okay, you're going to have another fantastic regular season. Like you did last year. Like you did mm. the year before that, what y'all going to do come playoff time. And, you know, I, I, I titled this segment, are the jazz a playoff contender or title contender, excuse me, because this is the year they have to show up, show out Jenna. Um, they are number two in adjusted net rating in the league. Number one in adjusted offensive rating and number six in adjusted defensive rating. And that's the area I want to focus on adjusted defensive rating this mm -hmm. is the jazz problem i don't trust their defense and this is not about rudy rudy is incredible and does i mean look he is if not this season the best defensive player in the league he's right behind draymond like he's excellent he does he is the focal point of why they are the number six defense they are the number six defense in spite of everybody else on that roster because they have a bunch of wing players who can't guard a guy in a phone booth like, they are like, you know, turnstiles on, off, on on defense, letting dudes just get to the paint at will. And the problem is those players have to be on the floor because they are 
critical to the Jazz being the number one adjusted offensive rated team, right? So it's this weird conundrum where we got to get better on the on the wing. Bogey, Ingles, Jordan Clark, all these – listen, and, and Donovan Mitchell ain't great on defense either, right? Like, these guys have got to be better defensively, and it's got to start with their wing players. Look, we go back to last year when Ty Lue and the Clippers went small without Kawhi Leonard and killed the Jazz because they couldn't guard anybody out on the wing. They got to get better at that. They got to, and the trade deadline's coming. The Jazz just opened up some space. They got some cash considerations, cleared a roster spot. Listen, defense has got to be the thing for them. And it's about the playoffs, Jenna. I'm, what I want to see is when a team adjusts and switches to not let the Jazz do what they want to do, is Quinn Snyder going to make an adjustment so the Jazz can do what is necessary, not only offensively, but defensively. And until we see that, I got nothing. I, I'm, I'm waiting to see. And if they flame out and they lose in the conference semis again, pfft, Jenna, they have to get to the conference finals this year. Have to. Okay, perfect. You're segueing me perfect into this. So again, this could, some would say this is a premature conversation, but you just brought it up. So let's talk about it. They need to make it to the conference semis, pass the conference semis. So how much of this is on Donovan Mitchell since they have chosen to make him the face? And don't get me wrong, he's averaged 30 plus points a game but how much of it is on him in I and I'm talking a full player standpoint leadership in the locker room on the floor they've chosen him to be that face necessarily so again if they don't make it what adjustments need to be made at this point you mentioned defense so what's to give here if they're going to go where they want to go, Donovan Mitchell is going to have to be a big part of that on both ends of the floor, obviously. We know what he does offensively. He's excellent. He's a plus 5.2 in offensive estimated plus minus, which is the 98th percentile in the league. Defensively, he's a negative 0.3, which is the 49th percentile. That's the bottom half of the league. He's got to get better on that end of the floor. That's just point blank, period. Right? Like, Mike Conley's a good defender. I said bogey. Not great. He's got to be better. We know what Rudy does. But Donovan Mitchell, that is the next step in his evolution. We know you can score the ball, my guy. We know you're an excellent offensive player. You're the hub. But you got to commit to the other end of the floor now, right? Like, and listen, he doesn't need to be in an all-NBA lockdown defender. He needs to be, can he get to what Steph Curry is, which is a very good team defender, always in the right spot at the right time and provide resistance at the point of attack. Can he do that? Or he's just getting hung out on, on screens, lost, not, not, not stopping the ball, and you know letting guys just run right to the rim against Rudy. Because again, and when that happens in the postseason, Rudy can't cover sprint out to cover the three-point line and then rush back to cover the rim, right? He can't do both. So you guys have got to do better at, at the point of attack. And yeah, Donovan's going to have to be better on defense for sure. Yeah, I mean, I hope that's something he's definitely working on uh, moving forward here. But like you said, he has no trouble on offense. So we'll see how the Jazz uh, carry it out here. Again, uh, top three team in the West. And hey, it, it could be a close race there toward the end. So It could be. It could be. Look, it, it'll be interesting, right? Because I said the Jazz have to get to the conference finals. Look, that means it, either the Warriors or the Suns won't make it right now in a series. Do you think the Jazz can beat either Phoenix or Golden State in a seven-game series? Mm. <laughs> yeah, that, that that pause says it all. <laughs> that pause says it all, right? You're like, mm. I, I know Dex is producing for us today. Does not believe Utah can beat Phoenix or Golden State in a seven-game series. <laughs> nope, can't do it. <laughs> so you Damn know, it. this is this is the thing, right? Utah's got to show us something. They have to. They got to show us. They really do. So. We shall see again, kind of, you know, premature for certain conversations, but this will fly. And again, with COVID-19 impacting the NBA daily, it is definitely a whirlwind here. I mean, some of the stuff rolling in the statistics with COVID-19, let's talk about it a little bit here, break it down about teams that have really been impacted mm -hmm. by this. Mm -hmm. And I'd love to get your take on this and what you may know, because just really quick ESPN um, plus great article here said that they calculated this said that more than a hundred players have signed the, uh, hardship exceptions mm -hmm. to make up for the 250 players who've entered the health and safety protocols. Now, 
most of the league is actually majority of the league, I should say, is double vaccinated or boosted. But again, with the different variants of COVID-19, it's unpredictable at this point. But we do know that, again, Adam Silver came out before the new year and said that he had no plans to cancel the season. So they that this was just something we were living with in this pandemic time and that we would keep, you know, adjusting mm-hmm. protocol mm-hmm. if needed. So... Talk to me about teams that have been really impacted here. I mean, we just talked about the Bulls earlier, who Mm -hmm. are number one in the East right now. But at one point, they couldn't even play because they didn't have enough players. So to think about that in a matter Mm -hmm. of all of this happening, I mean, this is a lot on these players, too. So let's break this down a little bit and talk about teams, you know, that have been impacted and what's going on now uh, Mm -hmm. around the league as of, you know, first week of January. In terms of minutes lost by players that were projected to be on the roster, the Bulls are number one in minutes lost affected by COVID. 1,182 minutes lost. Uh, their wins above replacement uh, is fifth at 1.6. I mean, they, they've been heavily affected. The Cavaliers, in terms of uh, WARP, wins against replacement, are first in 2.6. They've lost 1,110 minutes. The 76ers, the Bucks, the Timberwolves, the Hornets, the Nets, all these teams, the Hawks, they have gotten ravaged by COVID. And today, Utah became the final team to have a player uh, because they were the longest team for all. They had nobody in protocols. They are now, Joe Ingles was placed in protocols today. So they're now, there's now no teams left that haven't been affected by this. Look, the way I look at it, Jenna, is COVID is going to impact every team as it has. Is that going to change the way teams operate? Right. And what I mean by that is, we know about the NBA. We know what these guys like to do in their free time as it relates to extracurricular activities. If you are Talk a content- to Tristan Thompson. <laughs> Somebody had to say it. <laughs> well, the thing about Tristan is his teammate ain't no contending status. So, you know, he could do whatever. I mean, although, Thank God. although, although Chloe probably doesn't feel that way. So not nah, Tristan, why don't you go ahead and do what you got to do, my man. It's not fooling around out here in these streets. But anyway, um, if you are someone who's going to continue to go out and expose yourself and your team because of your recreational activities, this is a problem, right? But if you have guys who are a smart veteran team, like, look, man, I don't give a shit about none of that. We're trying to win. Mm-hmm. Y'all lock it up and do what you got to do to not have this impacted. They're going to fare better. I look at a team like Golden State. Draymond was out, but Steph maintains, right? Clay's going to maintain. Um, yeah. You know, the Nets had both Harden and Durant and Kyrie. Kyrie didn't even play a game yet. He was already in protocols, right? Like, you cannot have that type of activity from your main guys. And then you have a breakout within the team, and then it's, you know, it's disaster central. So the teams that recognize, hey, man, COVID could be a competitive advantage. If we're able to maintain and not have anyone else test in during this this period, we're not going to have to make up any games on the back end, right? Play a bunch of back-to-backs because – a lot of the games that got resch- that got postponed, they're starting to get rescheduled again. And now teams are forced to get games moved up to noon that were going to be 7 o'clock so they can fly out that same day, play a back-to-back when they weren't going to, right? That's, that's a scheduled loss now, right? You A game was going to be at 7.30. You had a day off before your next game. Now the game's at noon because you're going to fly out that night halfway across the country or all the way across the country. You're definitely losing that game the next day, right? That is a scheduled loss, and that's because <laughs> of COVID. And we're talking about that impacting it. And so teams like Golden State and Phoenix that are out to nice margins and have a bunch of wins banked, lucky on them, right? Those teams that are fighting their way up, like your Atlanta Hawks and people like that, it's tough, man, because it's it's tough sledding the rest of the way. So teams are going to have to be smart. Players are going to have to realize, what do I care about? Do I care about this extracurricular stuff or is it about winning this chip? You decide. That's true. Agreed. It's It's interesting – I guess I've never been in their shoes, of course, but it is interesting how many guys you see, and I don't mean just the NBA, I mean across all leagues, that seem to take advantage of this this luxury, per se, of this this status, this occupation, the money, everything. And I'm talking when we see a DUI. How many times do you see a DUI? Once a week? Maybe? Twice a week? Well, <laughs> Not, not the NBA, weeks? NFL maybe. NBA no, 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 not the NBA. But you know what I mean. Like in general, just random things across mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, again, like you said, keeping their head on straight. Hopefully everybody is making smart decisions. But smart, again, man. 
Y'all girl didn't sign up to be the COVID police, so y'all handle that yourselves. Don't don't let so, COVID be the reason why you don't win a championship, right? If COVID is the reason you don't win the title, you're gonna feel real stupid about that. Because again, this isn't guaranteed. You ain't guaranteed to make the finals every year. It's not, it's hard to win this shit. So yeah, since it's, if it's already hard, why allow something you can somewhat control to be the problem? Don't mm-hmm. just don't. Man, I need you in the in the future. God forbid, when I have children, I'm gonna call you and be like, "I need you to discipline my kids. Can you come over here and just give them a little lecture?" Just, just a little. That's not even a lecture. It's just real talk, man. Just, listen, you, I give choices. Yeah, man. Here are your options in front of you. Here, here's what I think makes sense. You choose, <laughs> but you can't say nobody didn't tell you, right? When the bad That's stuff facts. happens, don't say nobody told you. That is facts. You know it. All right. All right. (laughs) On to some other things, because who wants to talk about COVID? Uh, Top five, guys. Mm -hmm. Time for our top top five. five. Here we go. Gerard, kick us off with top five. First top five of 2022. And we just name the top five hottest teams going around the league right now at this current time. Number five for me are the Memphis Grizzlies. Look, (sighs) we just saw them show up at Barclays last night. Uh, John Morant came out, dropped 36, put it on the hapless Brooklyn Nets who were like, I don't know where they were, not playing that game. Look, they are the number four adjusted rated offense in the league. Defense is coming around. They're up to 15th. Start of the year in the bottom in the late in the 20s, high 20s. They're turning things around. Uh, Jaron didn't play well in that game last night, but he's been playing better. Desmond Bain has been unbelievable. Him and Ja are a hell of a backcourt. Um, look, man, this team is a solid I see them. They're a solid number four seed. And, you know, I was talking with the guys in our group chat. And I said, you know, this is the year they make the playoffs and they lose. You know, they, they get their butts kicked. But that's how you learn. But they were like, yo, but what if they get like Portland in the in in series? Or if they get like the Lakers? And I was like, shit, they might win a series now. So anyway, kudos to the Memphis Grizzlies. That's my number five team. Who's your who's your five? My number five potentially because they might not make the top five after um, the loss of Ricky Rubio to an ACL, mm-hmm. the Cavaliers in the East. Well. Mm-hmm. I say this because, listen, guys, they're fifth in the East. They're already without Colin Sexton, who had that season-ending knee surgery. They just lost Ricky Rubio to an ACL. However, they just got my guy from L.A., Rajon Rondo, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm hoping that he meshes with this this veteran presence in Kevin Love and mm. gives this offense some guidance that they need and, you know, just kind of really does that Chris Paul effect, I'm mm-hmm. hoping. I'm praying. But anyway, I'm saying that because, listen, the Cavaliers uh, coach just signed an extension, all right? And he's kind of dug them out of what was supposed to be an awful garbage uh <laughs> A rebuild year. We didn't know where Kevin Love was because he dropped out of the Olympics. And then it was just, you know, we were trying to figure out what was going on in Cleveland, aka where All-Star is going to be hosted, probably is going to be not as fun. Um, I will not be going to that. Me neither, honey. Me neither. I don't even know if it's actually going to... I mean, I mean, it's going really... mean, to happen, but I ain't going Yeah, no. but anyway, nobody's going to run around those streets like we used to, though. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, listen. That's Cle- for uh, Cle- Cle- after dark. Yeah, that, that's, that's seven voters after dark. Listen, Cleveland is uh, the number four adjusted net rating team in the league. Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. I mean, they have been playing fantastic. So that, that's, a, that's a good one. I, I like that. Darius Garland. Darius Garland. They, they've, been, they've been doing well. Uh, uh-huh. my, my number four team, and how could they not be? Chicago Bulls, man. They are They're on a roll. Number one team in the East, DeMar DeRozan, king of the fourth quarter. They're just doing their thing, man. They are 15 games above 500. Their over-under for the season was 42 and a half, I believe. They are on pace to win 51 games. Um, yo, man, shouts to the Bulls. Shout out to the Bulls. I like it. I like it. Who's your four? I, I'm in here number four. I'm only giving this to them because I did not expect them to ever be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm talking about the Celtics, number nine. Wow. Okay, Th- they're garbage. No offense. <laughs> no offense. They just can't figure it out. But they're but they're, they're playing a, play a little better lately. A little bit. A little bit better lately, but I'll give them this. Hopefully, it propels them to go above <laughs> high, 500. But who knows at this point? But 
I'm giving it to the Celtics just because I'm I'm honestly throwing them a bone here. But <laughs> I act like I'm giving out Grammys. Like Yeah, you're like, oh you Celtics, know? let's let's throw them a bone. <laughs> No, right? but they, they 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 have they have turned themselves onto the right side of the ledger yeah, um, in terms of yeah. in terms of their plus minus defensive they're playing well but offense I don't know what's going on they they and they're they're sitting there in that like that uh seven that seven to ten ish area where playing, like they could easily playing. get yeah jump up in there so again gonna keep my eye on them if they have a turnaround honestly it's gonna be like one of the biggest shockers of the season yeah, at this we'll, point for we'll me we'll see what happens. Three for me, uh, Utah Jazz. I uh, already mentioned number one adjusted offensive rating, number six in defense, number two in adjusted net rating. But I want to see them do it in the postseason, right? We, I know they're going to dominate regular season, do their thing. Cool. Show me come postseason. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, boring here because I have the Jazz for my number three. So again, we just ranted about them. Exactly. So again, retweet all the same, all the same <laughs> reasons here. Number two, Phoenix Suns. Um, we know, we know what they are. Um, Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Mikel Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, you know, I, I want to see Phoenix. I want to see Phoenix. Honestly, I would love Phoenix to get back to the NBA finals. That's what I want. I want another shot for Chris Paul. So I want, and, and they want another shot, obviously. So I want to see what Phoenix Suns. Phoenix Suns, I'm a number two team. Phoenix Suns, number two. I like that. I like that too. Um, my number two is the Nets. Um, mm. Going here because they continue to battle through, again, a lot of different adversity going on there. And also, with I think the Kyrie situation is huge. I really do. I think that not having him and leaving the rest of the brunt on Kevin Durant is just kind of like poking him every day to see like, how mentally strong are you? How mentally strong are you? (laughs) So again, next for me, I mean, they're right under the bulls there and I'm impressed. I'm impressed with what I'm seeing, especially because the slump that we saw James Harden in as well. And then also the loss of Joe Harris. Number one, of course, Golden State Warriors. Uh, They have defeated the, Brooklyn Nets, the Utah Jazz, the Phoenix Suns, right? Like they've defeated all major comers that they've faced this year. Um, I think they have a game against Milwaukee coming up. And if both teams are at full strength, I want to see how they handle that and how they how they deal with Giannis. Because I think that'll be, I mean, no one can really deal with Giannis. I want to see when they go small, what they decide to do there. So that'll be an interesting matchup. But Warriors, number one. Wait, I didn't name the Bulls, did I? You did not. Right? Okay, okay. Just want to make sure because I was okay. Did I mess this up? Everybody on the show, if you're not new, if you're new, I don't do math. I'm not good at it. Never was. Almost didn't get past freshman year in college because of it. It's a bad story. But anyway, the Bulls. (laughs) For all the reasons I said before, couldn't believe it, honestly. Talking about how they they had a COVID-ravaged roster, and now they are the number one team in the East. Again, the biggest shocker to me at this point. Um... For especially, and no, not a lot of people are talking about this as well, a, a, a roster that was thrown together that's new. They're new. Mm-hmm. They're, mm-hmm. And you have to get used to playing with each other and all of that good stuff on the mental side of the ball. So, again, Bulls for me. Love this run that they're on. Let's go to Chi-Town. I need a road trip. <laughs> Gerard's like, I ain't leaving my house. Get the hell out of here. A hundred percent. Not going anywhere. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, guys, that was top five brought to you by. (laughs) Who? I was going to say, we got a new sponsor. Who's our sponsor? We get in there. We get in there. We get in there. Okay. Who's our sponsor? I don't know. I was trying to think on my feet. I got nervous. It was weird. Anyway, let's talk about more things that are just not related to this. And I'm talking about (laughs) Jimmy Butler. Okay. Because I'm a little nervous about my guy in the 305. Mm, yeah, Jimmy yeah. I think I think maybe. Well, he, he, he's out for the next game. We do know that. He is I, out, yeah. Just found out he's out for Wednesday in Portland. I think Miami's, Miami's just snake bit this year, man. Like, Bam's been out. Jimmy out. <laughs> like, it's it's tough. They're going to have to go on a hell of a run post-All-Star break um, to really get themselves, you know. I mean, they're, look, they're, they're still hanging around. Yeah. Uh, but they, yeah. They, they're going to have to go on a hell of a run to – secure a top th- that's the thing i think most if, if you're competing you want to get out of the east you want a top three seed why so you don't have to play one of those great teams two of two of those great teams to get out of the conference right you only want to have to play one of them right either right brooklyn or milwaukee not brooklyn and milwaukee right like that's you don't you don't want that it's in either or thing so 
you you want to find yourself in that in in that top three if you want to get out of the Eastern Conference. So we'll see. But a uh, tough tough blow for Miami. Yeah, definitely. After that, uh, he suffered that ankle injury in that mm-hmm. loss to the Warriors. They haven't really given much details besides he kind of turned it. So yeah. all we have is the video footage. So mm-hmm. we'll see. You know, but again, I think, I think the heater heater just a little snake bit with the injury bug right now. Exactly. Really quick. A uh, couple words. Would love to hear it on uh, Tyler Hero because I really feel like he is a a he's force well. off the bench. He, he's playing well. Tyler Hero is playing very, very well for them this season. Um, and they need it, right? They, they need every bit of offense he's providing. Kyle Lowry's been an excellent addition. Um, Look, this team is built for the playoffs, right? Clearly, just based on how they're constructed. And that's where they're going to show their value, right? In a seven-game series, you want no part of the Miami Heat. Like, it's going to make you work. Right, mm-hmm. they're just gonna work you, and that's it's just a lot to handle, you know. So, mm-hmm. shouts to our, our our Miami Heat fan, part of part of the Props Network family, Brian Fonseca, who I'm sure is somewhere yelling angrily at something, oh, threatening, yeah. thre- threatening violence. Who knows? Yes, violence <laughs> is definitely in the conversation wherever he is. Um, definitely yelling as well uh, somewhere. <laughs> but fans were also yelling uh, for Trey Young, who dropped a career high fifty six. Points in a mm. eh, loss to the mm. Portland Trailblazers on Monday yeah. night. I mean, if you're Trey Young, are you pissed at your team when you go back to the locker room? I mean, I don't know so much about piss as much as just like, look, remember Trey started the season saying, you know, it's kind of hard getting up for the regular season after what we just uh, did last year in the, in the playoffs. And listen, yes, they had COVID, in- they have COVID situation. Yeah, they've had some injuries to deal with. But listen, this is what we always say about the NBA. Nothing is guaranteed or promised to anyone. Trey, with that, as the leader of the team, coming into the season with that kind of mindset of, oh, man, you know, we're ready. We, we, we just can't wait till April. My, my G, you might not even make it to April, okay? <laughs> like, this <laughs> is, you are a young team. You guys got to come out hungry to prove yourselves. Like, yes, you went to the conference finals last year, but don't act like you arrived, man. You got to be like, no, we got to do that shit again to prove it was no fluke, to prove it wasn't just about injuries and other stuff while we got to the conference finals. And listen, they are they're playing under 500 basketball right now at 16 and 20. Uh, offensively, they're great, but defensively, they are a disaster. Um, and <clears throat> look, man, kudos to Trey. Great game. But I yeah. think those comments to start the season about, oh, man, you know, it's tough to get up for the regular season. That is yeah. not what you want to hear from the leader of your team, especially someone so young. This is he's not a 10, 12 year grizzle vet. Okay. This is that's not what he is. So well, that's what I'm saying. Like even LeBron James would get uh criticized for saying something like that. Um I mean then again he's LeBron James, but either way, you know what I mean. Um that I hate to hear that about Trey Young. That's kind of disappointing to me just because the way the greats prove that they are great is by repeating what they do that is mm-hmm. great mm-hmm. and then taking that to the next mm-hmm. level mm-hmm. that is just my opinion we've seen it with history um a number of times of course but yeah and again noted that the hawks have five players i think it is in protocol still, no doubt as and, and they've, they've had some struggles and some, some it was at, so have many teams have had situations right right point is i think <laughs> for your leader of your team to say that that's that's setting the tone and that isn't the tone you want to set not at all. We shall see. And like I keep repeating, the tone could be reset for some time now because we are just after that Christmas Day hump. So now is when shit gets real, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but we mm-hmm. still got time. Still got time to turn narratives around. You know your girl loves some narratives. Gerard, take us out. Talk about the new Props Network that we're on in case yes. it's 2022 people don't know. We are part of the Props Network. So happy to be with our guys, Kyle and, and Sam and everybody over there. They've also set up something really cool for you guys, a little sort of partnership with prize picks. So you want to get on there, you can join, get to our show page on the Props Network and use our code 7, the number 7, footer, F-O-O-T-E-R. And with that, they will match uh, all your bets up to $100. Use that promo code. You can make all your bets. You can win money. You can, you know, put them parlays out there, do some over-unders, do some futures bets. Whatever you want to do, they got you covered. So go on to our show page on the Props Network, uh, get a prize picks account, use our code 7footers, the number 7, F-O-O-T-E-R, and yo, sign up, make some money, listen to us first, we'll tell you what to do, 
So, you know, this is the NBA, the NBA podcast. We'll give you some knowledge and make that money out here. But, of course, if you want to continue listening to our podcast, you know where to find us. We are part of the Props Network. We're on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, all that. We are at 7 Footers Pod on Twitter, at 7 Footers Podcast on Instagram. I think I reversed that. <laughs> at JS Hector, at Jen Lemoncelli. And until next time, peace. Peace. Spent a couple years out here with these raps Trying to have a plan that we may come true Plotted some jobs but I ain't hit back I don't want to trap, what's a man gonna do? Chevy told me come through to the spot Got a little kickback, bring the whole crew Right around 10 came dressed in the nines You already know what we really finna do When we pull up on the scene, pull up on the scene Pull up on the scene, yeah we pull